Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Today, I'd like to share the second half of my conversation with David and Tracy Freeman. If you didn't get to catch last week's episode, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to hear the story of their son, Nick, who died from fentanyl poisoning in December of 2020. We're going to spend some time today talking about issues related to the loss of a child to a drug overdose, dealing with forgiveness, and how listening for God's voice has impacted their grief journey. Thanks again for listening today. So, you know, as a parent who has lost a child uh, to drugs with the fentanyl, or we are seeing more and more and more parents that that is their story. Do you feel like, um, first of all, do you do you see that? Do you see that becoming more and more of an issue? And then do you feel like there are issues that as a parent who has lost a child to a drug addiction, to fentanyl, do you feel like there are issues that you have to deal with that are complicating to the grief journey? Well, I know when he first passed away, We are unfortunately one of five couples in our Bible fellowship class that have lost children. Yeah. And um, (laughs) I was mad at, I was, you know, they say go through the grief stages. So I've always wondered, I'm not doing it by textbook because they say (laughs) you come to the stage where you're mad at God. I've never been mad at God. Yeah. I think you could throw those stages away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't go by those stages. (laughs) <laughs> I've been mad at Nick. I mean, because sure. I thought everybody's, we know all these people that have lost children, but Nick's was due to his own choices. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what really made me so mad at him is that everybody tried to help him, but still it was due to his sin. And mm-hmm. I know he was trying to work his way out, but he was in so deep and so dark. And I think people that have had children, die of overdose, they may feel that a little bit of, I don't know, ashamed or because maybe because, you know, the child intentionally took a substance. I don't feel ashamed or embarrassed by Nick's story, but I have been, I have been, like I said, mad at him. And I think that that would be a challenge because of course, as you parents say, my child wasn't raised that way. And of course, Nick wasn't. Right. So I think it kind of that that part of it does complicate the story a little bit because Mm -hmm. some people, you know, they 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 have this perfect child. (laughs) You know, know, I don't I don't know how else to put it. And I'm not I'm not berating that whatsoever. Yes, I understand completely what you're saying. They they have that perfect child. Well, we didn't have the perfect child (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. We, We didn't. But he was ours. And we loved him. And we loved him. But one thing that we always taught our boys, all three of our boys, is always tell the truth. Always tell the truth. Even if it hurts, please tell the truth. You know, sure. because you can cover, you can only cover a lie up for so long. It's coming out. And we serve a mighty God. And I promise you that he will uncover those lies with truth. So always tell the truth. That way God doesn't have to get involved. He doesn't have to show your dark places. So we always told the boys to tell the truth. So in our story, 
that was one of the, some of the first things that Tracy and I dealt with was how do we tell this? Do we tell mm-hmm. this from what point, you know, do we tell this from, do we tell about him? Do we tell about, and, and we prayed about it. We really did. Both of us together, corporately and individually had to pray about how do, how would we tell Nick's story? Yeah. And God said, you tell what I did. You tell how his life was because you're going to help someone else that needs that help. You may help that child that may be in a crowd of people that they're being offered drugs or whatever all the time, and they're looking for a way out. And they may hear Nick's story and say, you know what? This ain't for me. Mm-hmm. That life's just been saved. This That life is drawn away from it. And with the political and everything seen now and as much drugs as we're seeing poured into our country because, because we are, I, I, I hate to say it, but we are the all consuming country in the world. Now we consume everything with it, with it the way it is. And you start telling about how your son died, that he died from these drugs that are being filtered in. People do look yeah. at you strange and they wonder, oh, are you saying this from this? No, I'm saying this because this is what this is what took his life. Mm-hmm. No yeah. other direction. This is what happened. So, yeah, yeah, it does complicate things in a way. But if I can encourage anybody out there that just always tell the truth, because mm-hmm. Bible says truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. So always stick with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Were you ever able to determine the source of the fentanyl? It that's uh, kind of ongoing. Mm. Um, it's still under pandemic here. Uh, yes, so courts were backed up, and uh, anyway, we still don't have closure on that. So there's still a lot of unanswered questions. I would like to know. I know some people don't like to know, but it, it helps me to know. And I guess I just, I'm kind of a realist and I'm not naive to the drug world. I mean, being a licensed practical nurse, I've worked even several times in drug and alcohol units. So, I mean, I I, I know it's out there and I know, I know what's out there. And so, um, yeah, I I definitely want to know. And I hope that that comes to closure very soon, but no, we don't have the whole story on that yet. And God's kept the lines of communication open, really, between us and the detective that's still investigating. It's not really normal for them to actually text you back and things <laughs> about an open investigation, but they do. Right. So uh-huh. we thank God for that. Absolutely. And um, they have over and over said that they're working as hard as possible. And I'm not the one to judge them on that. that that's not my job. So we just trusted in the process. Right. I know that you said that you had to deal with forgiveness towards Nick because of the choices that he made. Have you had to deal with forgiveness for the dealer that sold him those drugs? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that yet. How would you answer it, Daddy? I would have to say that, yeah, because I have thought about that. You, you know, mm-hmm. 
from from along the lines of hearing other people say that this this guy or this gal shot my daughter, shot my son, they died from some drugs or whatever, and you hear you hear about stories where they actually go up to the people, you know, and are able to forgive. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. um, in this story, I would have to say that I can't really say that um, they need forgiveness, to be honest with you, because I know it's it's uh, something that, you know, they were distributing. But like Tracy mm-hmm. said earlier, it was more of Nick's own decisions that cost his life than it was the fact that this person was peddling drugs. Because you make that decision. I mean, you make that decision on whether you're going to take that or not, or whether you're going to be, con- contribute to the situation. So would I Would I like to see justice done or, or yes. whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I would. Yes, but that's not, because of, that's not because of my feelings about the situation, because my feelings of the situation is that we, we taught Nick right from wrong. And we raised him to know right from wrong. So in light of that, he had a decision to make, and it was his. So really, I guess the one we have to forgive the most now is Nick. Yeah. But I do believe that this person needs to stand accountable because there doesn't need to be another mother no, exactly. a child. Amen. So they need Amen. to stand accountable for their part in it. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. Justice needs to happen in this situation. And I'm glad that they're that they are pursuing the case and trying to find the person so they can put them away. And like you said, right. so there will yeah. not be more right. parents that are grieving children because of that person. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know that it's been just a little bit over a year and a half, I believe, since Nick went to heaven. How has the experience of this second year been compared to the first? God's give us direction. (laughs) I would say that the first year was kind of chaos, that we didn't know (laughs) what to do, where to go, how to feel, even, you know, whether we should smile at one another or anything. It was just, you know, that, that feeling of loss is so deep that you you don't know what to do. And to summarize just six months of our life there, Nick died in December of 2020. And then our Luke married in April of 21. And then our Drew graduated high school in May and then went into the Marine Corps. So within six months, we had a child pass away, a child get married, and then one graduate high school and go in the military. So it was all these huge life events within a six-month period. And you had three sons, and all of a sudden we went from three sons to empty nest in six months. (laughs) So it was a lot. Yeah, it was was a lot to take in that first year. But I will have to say that what has really transpired in this second going on second year is God's give us direction. He's put a burden on our hearts to help others that in that first year don't know what to do, don't know where to go, don't know who to talk to. He's given us a burden to help those people as much as we possibly can 
just by listening, letting them have a conversation, <laughs> because I, we have found out that the truest way to healing is to have a talk with Jesus. <laughs> that is the absolute truest way to do that. And when you're around a body of believers that's going in the same direction, those conversations are very, very easy to be had. And honestly, the while we're waiting, family gave a God gave us our direction through you guys and our next steps are ordered by him. I can promise you that they're they're ordered by him. We can't wait. We're now we've now we've went from didn't know what to do to we can't wait to get started. <laughs> we just you know I, I'm one of those people that if you give me a task to do, I, I got to get after it. So God's really laid this upon our hearts. And the thing that it is is that normally Tracy and myself. <laughs> I'm normally going in two different directions, but on this one, God absolutely knitted our hearts together to do this together. So we can't, awesome. we, we absolutely can't wait to get started. And it's, yeah. it's an ongoing going journey every day. It's a, you know, it's a learning experience and, you know, everybody grieves differently and at their own pace, but uh, each day it's growing and learning through Christ. Absolutely. So what advice would you give someone who is just beginning this journey? You know, you're a year and a half in. What would you say to somebody who's just in that first week or that first month after the loss of their child? I know it's an absolute shock. I still think back to that day when we got the news and we were in Destin. And, you know, I mean, what can you say? It's the worst day of your life and it throws you for a loop. Yeah. But I think, as I was explaining, we had been in a Bible fellowship class with other parents that had lost children, and I knew that. So yeah. I never asked, you know, people say, why me? I truly that day, just quickly in my head, purposed in my head, I said, why not me? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the other families that are around us. And I think probably the <laughs> most in important decision I made is when we got back to where we were staying after we got the news about Nick that day is I remember standing face to face with David in the living room area. And I said, I want to face this with strength and I want to face this with grace. So I truly intentionally in my heart, in my head and by God's grace and God's strength said, we're going, you know, we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And even though this is not a, a, a scripture, uh, there was a, a saying I came across and it, I just, it fits perfect. I've really hung to it. And it, it says that your, your greatest pain is for a greater purpose. And I've really clung mm-hmm. to that because I can't think of a much greater pain than losing your child. But in that, I know right. this is for a greater purpose. Yeah. And if- it's kind of amazing that you asked that question because right before we came on to the recording the show, both of a guy that we had, uh, he's not a preacher and he's really not an evangelist. He's, he's actually a lawyer. His name's uh, Dr. David Gibbs. He's with the Christian law association. He founded the Christian law association, but um, Tracy pulled up a recording of him 
um, right, you know, something he done in a church. He spoke at a church, and it's this is the best advice that I've got for anybody: be there a couple, be there a single parent. But he he told a story about he left. He was in Alaska, and he was flying back from Alaska with another lawyer, and uh, he had the plane ticket. And the the pastor there at the church in Alaska told him, said, well, I can save you some money. He said, I fly. I've got a plane. I fly. So through the talking, he agreed. They agreed to take this flight on this airplane. And um, they started flying. Everything was going great. And then the, the pilot looks over and he says, we're fixing to run into some clouds. He said, we might have a little trouble. He said, because when I fly into pl- clouds, I pass out. So he looks at him and he says, what? He says, yeah. He said, I, I'll pass out in these clouds. He said, there's something in my vision and everything. You know, he said, I'll pass out. And he said, sure enough. He said, they did. They He passed out. So through there was a radio there. He handed it to the other lawyer. They went through it and, and started trying to reach anybody they could and sure. didn't know the vernacular on the radio and all of this. but. They finally got a hold of somebody that got a hold of a Anchorage tower that was uh, telling them, if you make sure that you do everything I say and just listen to my voice, I will help you get to the place that you want you need to go. I'll help you mm-hmm. land this airplane, but you have everything I say because between here and Anchorage, Alaska, there's a couple of storms. You're going to have to go over a mountain. But I'll get here if you'll just listen to my voice. And he said, isn't that just like God through our roughest times? And we don't know what we're doing or how we're doing it. If we'll just listen to his voice and do what he says, he always brings us through. He went on to say that the voice told him everything he needed to do. He had never been in, never flew an airplane, but he landed the airplane. He said he landed it seven times in, in Anchorage when he landed. I guess it must have bounced. But he said he landed it. He said at 4 a.m. in the morning, once he got to the place, he went to his hotel at 4 a.m. in the morning, a knock on the door came to his hotel door, and he opened the door, and the, the guy said, are you David Gibbs? And he looked at him and said, you're the voice. You're oh. the one that saved my life. Mm-hmm. And he knew him by his voice. Mm. Jesus says, we'll know him by his voice, by the shepherd's voice. So if there's any advice that I can give anybody that's just starting this journey, listen to his voice. He will lead you perfectly to where you're supposed to be. And that time of healing, even though it may be a struggle, if you listen to that voice, he'll lead you through. That's a great story and excellent advice. <laughs> Thank you for that. So you've kind of told me some story and a, and a statement, things that have been helpful to you. What about scriptures? Are there any particular Bible verses that have been helpful to you on your journey? Yeah, I have one. Let me, let me I'll have to get my Bible right fast. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one has really sunk in with me a lot. And, but in John chapter six, verse 
starts in verse 66. It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? And Simon Peter, being the guy that I most love in the Bible, then Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that that Christ, the Son of the living God. Mm-hmm. During this whole thing, this, this beginning of the journey up until now, I have to ask every day, and I ask everybody, if you're looking for hope, who else are you going to go to? That's right. I have to look myself in the mirror every day and say, if things go completely wrong today, David, there is no one else that can give you what Jesus Christ can. He has the words of eternal life. He is the one true God. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and there is nobody else. So don't go looking for your answers other places. It's right, right there with him. Mm-hmm. John chapter 10, 28, and I know it's a very familiar verse to a lot of people. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So mm-hmm. Nick didn't grow his walk with Christ. He didn't right. he didn't live like he should have lived, but God saved him as a child. And it's you know, Nick couldn't have done anything enough for God to love him anymore, and he couldn't do anything bad enough for God to unpluck him from his hand. That's right. You know, it wasn't anything Nick did. It was what Jesus did on the cross. That's right. Yeah. And um, that gives us peace in our heart. Yes. I love that scripture. And that's a perfect one for Nick. Thank you for sharing that with us. Very good. So at our retreats, we often talk about how men and women tend to grieve differently. And I'm sure that's especially true in your case as a mom and a stepdad, although I know, David, you viewed yourself as a dad. But how have the two of you grieved differently or alike? And how are you kind of working through that together? David and I have always had good communication and just us to be able to talk to each other. And as I've expressed, the friends that we've got that understand us. Yeah. Having those people to go to, I think that's meant a lot. Yeah. And and I I can only be there for certain things for Tracy to talk about. I know nothing about being a mother. I, I don't desire to know anything about being a mother. So in that I've watched Tracy grow so much during this process because she leaned she's leaned on my mother my mother's will soon will she be 82 years old this year but i've watched my i've watched tracy and my mother grow closer together because she's been able to have a mother figure in her life during this time and my mama's a she's an amazing woman she really is Mm -hmm. i have to i have to thank god for my mama every day Mm-hmm. because if it weren't for her, I don't know what I'd be. But she's also very prayer-oriented. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a problem, if somebody ever, you know, skins their knee or <laughs> or anything, Mama says, well, we got to pray for them. 
She's mm-hmm. always very prayer oriented. She wants to know that God knows our problems. God knows what's going on. And if he knows, he'll take care of it. It may not be in our time. It may not be in our way, but he'll take care of it. You won't have to worry about it. So my mama and Tracy have grown real close over the last year and a half in that direction. As far as my grieving, the way I've grieved, I really, up until, honestly, this morning, (laughs) don't feel like I have grieved until this morning when it was his birthday. And I get up, you know, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning going to work and everything. So when I got to work this morning, it was it was a pretty trying time for me. It really was. I, I I hadn't felt that way through this whole thing because when Nick went to heaven, I automatically went into a protection mode to where I had to protect the rest of my family. I had to protect Tracy. I had to be there for her. I had to be there for Luke. I had to be there for Drew. You know, I, I went into that mode of it's almost like war. <laughs> Just to be honest sure. with you, it was kind of it was yep. kind of like war. It was like I'm fighting the devil with a squirt gun, and I went into that mode, and I've kind of been there for the last year and a half. But this morning, it was a little bitter, but it was sweet because it was almost like this morning. Once I got to work and was able to take just a moment, that God kind of opened the windows to heaven and. Kind of give me a moment with Nick this morning. And I had to call Tracy. I had to make sure she was okay this morning and had to let her know the, you know, just thinking about her. And but I'd been thinking about Nick. So I may have called her too early this morning. But as soon as I got off the phone with her, I turned around and I called Luke, made sure he was okay and told him I wasn't trying to remind him of anything. But, you know, today was that day. And he's like, Yeah, he said, I know. And I was just letting him know I love him. I care about him. If he needs to talk about anything, please call me because today seems to be one of them days that I'd just love to talk. Yeah. And then I called Drew, woke Drew up, even though he's in the Marine Corps, I woke him up this morning, <laughs> let him know I love him and everything. So my grief has been in a different direction because I came into this role not knowing what to do and God taught me this role. And Mm -hmm. um, it was a role of protection, provision, and being there when they needed me and teaching them about the things that I know about this Bible and teaching them Mm -hmm. God's word and that he's alive. So that's this morning was just a different side of it that I wasn't really prepared for. I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't prepared for that moment. Right. God surprised me. But it was a good surprise. It was a good surprise. We just never know how grief is going to hit us on different days, especially those special days like birthdays and and heaven days. That's what we call that heaven anniversary um, holidays and things like that. How have you guys dealt with those special days? Um, I know today with it being his birthday, you have chosen to be a guest on this podcast, which is a beautiful way to honor his life. But what? how do you handle those kinds of extra hard days. Um, I had a nurse practitioner ask me that not too long ago. And I said, you know, I guess I mentally prepare myself for the holidays, the birthday and the things that I know are coming. Mm -hmm. It's the things like 
the color blue, that the color blue was his favorite color. Or if you walk into a store and the music's playing overhead and you realize that was his favorite song, it's the unexpected little things that kind of take you unaware that kind of catch me off guard. Sure. Um, And I think with all of us, we just want our children to be remembered. And those that hadn't lost children, it seems to make them so uncomfortable. (laughs) You don't know how to express that. So I guess that's why so much comfort is drawn from other grieving, other bereaved parents. Every day. I mean, I really don't pick out days that are holidays or birthdays. I never have. I mean, even on my own birthday, Tracy always asks me, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I don't matter what you get me for my birthday. It's just, it's just another day. <laughs> just another day. Uh-huh. So it's just another day. Yeah. And, but I try to re- remember Nick every day mm-hmm. because I don't know why. This is the reason I said earlier that God's give us a burden is I have been in, been able to be in contact with more people that have lost children in the last year and a half that I promise I would never have been in contact with. Right. Uh, there has been five that guys that I work with closely work with that have lost their child in the last year and a half. And I'm able to go in now and they see me, they see me from across the hangar or whatever. And they come to me. These are grown men. These are honestly, they're either prior military or retired military. They're these pretty hard guys. Yeah. And they come up to me and I turn around and I, and you know, and I'll call their name and they'll look at me and these guys break down and start crying and they're at work and they're like, man, you got to quit doing that to me. And I said, I didn't do it. You know, I'm, <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. Is there something that you need to talk about or something going on? You know, that I can, we can just talk. I said, if you just want to talk. And they have just broke down and told me things and God's allowed me to witness to them. And God's allowed me to help, help comfort them in some way. Yeah. He's even allowed me that when I went to lunch one day, one of them and his wife were sitting there at the same place. And I was able to go over and speak to her. And she, when, when they were leaving, she came up to me. And I don't know this woman from anything. She came up to me and hugged my neck and said, I want to thank you. We're just taking a moment to speak to us. Mm. She said, "We." She told me. She said, "We feel so alone when we're out places now more than we ever have." And I looked at mm. her and I told her, "I said, well, you're never alone. You're right. never alone. God's always there, and He always will be. But if you ever need a phone call to where you can put a voice to that to Him, here's my number. So mm. God just allowed me that every day." You never know what that day's going to come to or who it is that God's going to bring into your life that you you can have an influence. Absolutely. Because we are his ambassador. Mm-hmm. Like that song, you know, there's a song out there that, you know, a man's wrestling with God, asking God, you know, all this stuff that's going on in the world today. Why don't you do something? And God says, I did. Mm. I made you. <laughs> yeah. So. God made us to be his ambassador, to carry out his will. And God just give me a direction. He's just, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I've just got a direction that we, <laughs> that I have to go in. Yeah. Thank goodness. He's spilled that over into my wife and it, mm-hmm. it's just been a joy. 
Yeah. And that's something that's taken for granted today is people don't have their joy. Well, it's up to us to make that sunshine day for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's a good way to say that. So people often feel awkward around somebody who's lost a child because they just don't know what to say. And I imagine that that may be especially true in a drug overdose or fentanyl poisoning type situation. So what has your experience been with that? And how have you dealt with some of the things maybe that were said that were a little awkward or uncomfortable or inappropriate? How have you dealt with that? Really? People have pretty much just don't say anything. They, they, I can't think of anything inappropriate. Mm-hmm. They just look at you like a deer in the headlights and don't know where to go after that. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like you, you feel like the leper. I mean, you, you, <laughs> people don't sure. want to come around you. They want to wish you well from a distance, but if that's catching, I don't want it. And I agree right. with them wholeheartedly. I didn't want it either. But right. as far as awkward moments or anything, we really not had any awkward moments other than that, other than people, you know, that just don't want to talk about it because I think most of them feel like they're going to bring up something to the surface on you that they'd just rather not cross that bridge. They'd rather just let you know I'm praying for you mm-hmm. and, and keep on going down the road. But um, we're like Tracy said earlier, we're, we're, we're a fairly open couple about most everything. Yeah. We don't hide nothing. So people know the people that we do know, they do know they can talk to us. Sure. And they do know that though that we're open and honest about what happened, mm-hmm. but we're also very open and honest about what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the best part yeah. of the story. That's right. That's exactly right. I do have a very dear friend, and I mean, she's known me. She knows the raw me. I I have three very close girlfriends that they know me very well. And it, we were somewhere, and she, it, some cliche she happened to say, it had the word death in it. And, and I didn't think anything about it. I'm not easily offended. And I know she, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. But as we were getting back home, she said, I apologize. I should have never said whatever it is she said. I can't even remember. And, she said, after I said it, I thought I just said that to someone that has lost their child. Mm. And I said, you know, I did not take it that way. So a lot of times people say things and it just comes out wrong. And yeah. I think you got to give them grace because, you know, it's just it's what happens. Yes. Yeah. And I like that about giving them grace, because I was certainly one of those people that didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I said some very inappropriate things and uh, potentially hurtful things to people that had lost children before I had had that experience myself. So I have a lot of grace for those folks, especially the ones like you talked about that are the avoiders, because that's what I was more than anything else. I was one that was just afraid to say anything. So I completely understand that. Right. Um, Just a couple more questions for you guys. You know, I think all of us who have lost a child have this very clear kind of dividing lines, uh, dividing line in our lives, the before and the after. 
So talk about the before Tracy and the before David, and now the after Tracy and the after David. Not to say that you took life for granted or anything before, but it is like before Nick died and after Nick died. And I will say that after Nick, you know, has gone to heaven, (laughs) it's, it's crazy or silly as it sounds, the realization that death is forever hits you. It really, there's no change in this. Yeah. That's the one thing that I do. When I do have friends that this kids are dabbling in drugs or whatever, it's like, well, they're still alive. There's still hope. Yeah. There's still hope. They're still breathing. Yeah. But you do realize once your child has passed away, there's no change in that. It's no more no more memories to be made, no more videos to be made of them, no more pictures. Yeah. Whatever was is all you have. And I think that makes you much more intentional about life. You realize how brief it truly is, even though you've said it and you've heard it and, you know, it's in the Bible that it's a vapor and, and, but it really hits you. So in that, I think it, you don't take things for granted anymore no. and you try to carve out yeah. moments to, to right. make those memories and make those times because you don't know how much longer that you, that you have with, with anybody. Yeah. That's yeah. not before or after. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, David, I look back at him now and I haven't even, I'm glad you asked this question because I hadn't even had this discussion with Tracy, but I look back at him now and he was a fairly selfish guy. Mm. I mean, not a lot's changed as far as where we're at and what we were doing and everything, but I was fairly selfish. And that selfishness was in, I was looking toward things that I wanted to do instead of looking toward the things that were important. Right. I was always planning for the weekend or planning to do this or planning to do that. Now, every day is special. Mm. Now Tracy gets supper every day before she comes home from work. <laughs> wow, that's a good deal. Well, that worked out. Yeah, I like that. I've always, I always, I always <laughs> have enjoyed cooking. I, I enjoy to cook. I, I'm not a cook, but I enjoy it. But now, every day, I if she whether she sets something out that she wants that night, or I just come up with something. I try to cook supper every day. And it used to be she'd come home from work and, you know, I'd be like, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. Let's just go get something or I'll go pick up something, whatever. But now I want to take time to show her how special she is to me and how much she means to me. Mm. And I try to do the same thing with the boys. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with our grandkids. We'll call them. We'll get them FaceTime where we would wait. You know, we might be once or twice a month. Now it's once a week. And yeah. Hey, and then they get like, are you calling again? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm calling you again. But um, every day is special because I never will forget that day that we got that phone call when we were just out and about in Destin doing our own thing, our own selfish thing. And I never will forget when Tracy come walking back out of that women's store and Drew was sitting with me and I looked at him and I said, something's happened to Nick. I knew it. As soon as I mm-hmm. saw her face, I knew something had happened to him. 
So I, I don't want to ever have that. And it was regret. I don't want to have that regret again that today was his last day mm-hmm. with us. It was it was the last time we'll see him. And I don't want to have that regret of I didn't get to tell him all the things that I wanted to, or I didn't take the time to tell him all the things that I wanted to. Right. So the David now is making sure, making completely sure that everybody knows what it is that I had for them. Yeah. Or what God had to give them through me. Yeah. Very good. Thank you all for that. One other question, kind of again, before and after. Think about your relationship with God before and what your relationship with God is now. What have you learned about him, about his character, about who he is? Completely sovereign. Like I said, the things that you've, if you grew up in church, you spend your whole life in church. But when it comes down to something that shakes your world like this, you realize if I didn't have that foundation in him, where would I be? Yeah. The things that I've read, the, the, the sermons I've listened to, do I believe it or have I just been playing church all this time? This is, this is the moment that I fall back on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when it all gets tested. And mm-hmm. this is when those words in the Bible come to life. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is a piece that you can't describe. So my walk's never been closer than right. it is now. I'd never chose, you know, none of us would have ever chose this. Right. We would have never just give up our children and say, okay, it's okay, God, you can take them. Yeah, no. But we find ourselves here and you become bitter or better. And you decide if you're going to, like I said, that that day I said, I want to face it with grace and I want to face it with strength. You have to make that choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a choice. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. This gave me a greater burden for other people more than it more than it ever has the jesus in the bible <laughs> is alive and well <laughs> so that's the best way i can put it because he showed himself to me during this time mm. through his word through prayer he showed me how all the plans that we make in our lives for our lives in the kids' lives and for their lives, we've got all these wonderful plans that we've made, made we've we've concocted and made for all of their life and how we want it to turn out. And but they all come down to moments. Yeah. Through all of the plans that we that we've made, it comes down to just a few moments in that span of time when God wants those moments. And how we spend those moments, because like Tracy said, life is a vapor. It is a complete vapor. I mean, the older we get, the more we see how fast it moves. Sure. So I want to I want to spend as much time with him as I possibly can, because when I get to heaven, I want to know him when I get there. Yeah. I don't just want him to know me. Mm-hmm. I want to know him when I get there. Mm-hmm. I want to know <laughs> his character. 
I want to know his walk, his talk. I want to I want to be able to hear his actual voice and know that's him when I hear him. So I'm, uh, as far as before and after, it's just like Tracy said, it's just getting closer to him. Yeah. Because we don't know what our next moments are going to be, but we know in our next moments who's going to be there. Yes. Mm. That's, 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 what's, that's what's changed for me. Yeah. Perfect way to say that. And I love that idea of I want to make sure I know him when I get there. I want to be yeah. so close to the Lord in this right. life that when I get to heaven, it's not going to be that different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Great. It's not going to be. Yeah. Thank you for that. So we're about to wrap up our conversation. We've been talking for quite a while. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? I just encourage everybody that's going to be listening or is are listening mm-hmm. to this program. I encourage you. More and more, keep listening to that voice. Keep leaning on Jesus because the reason that preachers and evangelists are always saying that this is a living word, that his word is as alive as he is. Mm-hmm. So he's it's as alive as you believe he is. So there's no doubt that Jesus Christ is all in all what we all need. It's what we all need as parents who've lost children. It's what we all need in this country. It's, 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 it's where our answers lie. Yeah. They don't lie in anything else. I encourage people to search for him. Don't worry so much about what, what everyone else says because everyone else will get you off track, but God's got a plan for you. And this was just part of the plan. I I know that's hard to, that's a hard pill to swallow when we think that, yeah, well, why would he do this to me? You know, and it's not so much as why do bad things happen to good people? Because even Jesus said in his word that, the guy comes up to him and says, good master. Well, when he calls him good master, Jesus says, why are you calling me good? There's only one good, and that's God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is looking at him to answer that question, and he can't. Right. But it's it's more along the lines of why do good things happen to us bad people? Right. Mm-hmm. Because if in the flesh, if Jesus said, I'm not good, God's only good, then that means all of us are bad, bad people. And one day we will be good when we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. But right now we're on that path of it's his plan. Yeah. yeah. So just keep listening to that voice because that voice won't never turn you wrong. It'll never lead you astray. It will keep you where you're right, where you're supposed to be. And it will encourage you on those days when you feel like there is no encouragement. Yeah. All right. That's a good word right there. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me today on Nick's birthday. That just impresses me so much that this is the day that you wanted to have this interview. Just uh, just a really special way to honor his life. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so I appreciate that. I just feel, I feel honored that you uh, chose to spend this time uh, talking with me. So, all right. Well, I just, we just love and appreciate you guys and uh, look forward to the next time we have the opportunity to see you. And once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so thank much. You. We're honored to be part of this and it's, uh, it's worth every minute of our time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.